Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome to this week's episode of Steelers Touch Down Under. I'm Marty Peverell, joined as always by my co-host, Marky D, Marky Davison. Mark, how you doing? For me, uh, for me personally, I, I'm not feeling too bad, uh, to be honest. Like it's it's been, you know, it's been a crazy week with the Steelers and we got knocked out of the playoffs. Some, some people saying we weren't meant to be there in the first place. I don't agree with that. I think we were meant to be there. But I just want to start the show off with this, okay? And this is why, this is how I feel about the game. How, how did we let Travis Kelsey throw a touchdown on the Steelers? That, that to me, sums up the whole game. Yeah, I, again, like, <laughs> it shows how in tune you and I are becoming. <laughs> like, uh, it's, that's, that typifies to me, you know, every, like, everything that went wrong in that game or the, just a difference in the level it was at it. It was like, you know, watching, uh, you know, Alabama versus like whatever other college team that's close. Like the difference between if like your number one versus your 10th. Like you Hawaii know, or just, like Hawaii or someone like that. Yeah. Maybe. It's uh, just like, a, you know, I, you know what it actually felt like to me? Um, it felt very much like any of the teams that you know the Chicago Bulls would play in that in in those the six where Michael Jordan won, they'd play a team in the finals and the team would be with them for a game or two and then the Chicago Bulls would just take them out. Like it was just this this Chiefs team is so well drilled. And you know, this Steelers team, you know, at the same time, there's lots of gaps, there's lots of injuries. And the thing that that you know that I think is not being talked about enough as people go through this forensic look at the season. The Steelers this season had a really odd quarterback in Big Ben, right? Regardless of whether you love him, you think he should have gone years ago, whatever, right? Most of the fan base, I think, is in the, in the loving part. But this was the season, a lot of people forget, this was the season that the salary cap went down so significantly. So it's not like we had money to spend and acquire lots of talent. We lost a lot of talent with, you know, pouncing into Castro going and what have you. I just feel like in this game, you saw the difference between a team that like had spent money on fixing the O-line. You saw a team that's drafted really well over the last few years versus a team that has done a bit of that, but was always going to need to have renewal about now, whether it was last season, season before, whether it's this season or the seasons to come. 
we're more in that re rebuild phase. They're where the Steelers were. You know, the Chiefs are where the Steelers were, you know, 2016, 2017, you know. And so, yeah, just everything. And I think Michael Beck said it really well on um, the curtain call this week as well. Like, you know, that this game was a microcosm of what the Steelers have done all season. Good defense at times. The offense couldn't keep the defense off the field. But, yeah, it, it, and then the Chiefs were just a better team. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, you, you bring up, you know, the 2016 Chiefs. Well, we beat the 2016 Chiefs 18 to 16, and that's when they had, uh, I think it was Alex Alex Smith, right? Yeah. And he was an older quarterback, and we had an older quarterback with uh, with Big Ben. So this season, to me, like I'm pretty, uh, I'm pretty, I'm pretty proud of the, the fellas to how they played this season, nine seven and one to get in the dance. But when you look at everything, and we'll go over the next, you know, few months, and we'll talk about pretty much everything. Um, Big Ben was older. He was 38 years old. He wasn't mobile in the pocket. He couldn't really do any. He couldn't. He couldn't really throw the deep ball that that well. The offense didn't really work um, with the O line. The only real standout and the the I guess the consistent character was Najee. Uh, for me, it was Najee had one of the best. You know, you might not bring bring up move too, but for me, Najee was just the guy. And if there are any fans that are blaming him for that fumble. Get over it, mate, because even if he does fumble once, the defense should have his back. And then two plays later, they score. And the, the Chiefs go up like 14 points in like two minutes or something. So th this game to me was – I had hope. I had hope when TJ uh, did that that the fumble recovery and ran away. I was like, wow, what a great play, 7-0. We have a chance. And then from that moment, the next drive, the Chiefs went down 7, 14, 21, and the game was just – out of reach, and it was every single game we had talked about before, like the Chargers, like the Vikings, exactly the same way we played in the playoffs versus the Jacksonville Jaguars versus the Browns. It was everything expected that every single uh, NFL fan who hates the Steelers wanted to happen, and every fan who you know who, who is a Steelers fan and, and 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 you know wanted to be proved right for uh, for us being wrong uh, wanted to happen. So it was it was tough to to watch. Uh, it was tough to watch Big Ben with his last game go out that way. But I'm still really proud, honestly. I'm really proud of this Steelers team for what had happened. Um, and I know you want to talk about the offense. Like, what happened with this Steelers team in 2021 with all the 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 madness going on? We still made it to the playoffs when we had a chance. And, any, and all the other teams who haven't made it to the playoffs, like the Lions, the Jets, the Jags, would love that. So we need to, like... That's pretty good success at the same time that you look at the stats, right? Everything was – I looked at them earlier today. Throughout the whole team, everything was pretty much even. Our turnover ratio yeah, was no, – Yeah, let's, let, let's, <laughs> let's talk about that. Let's talk about that. I want to push you there. Um, I think to, to me – and I just want to welcome um, our regulars in the live chat to start off with. So Brad, Joe, Ryan, O'Toole, Jared Devil, George Teston, you know, got, you know, awesome to say. I think we've got Jim Dillon in there too. Um, the first thing I want to say was with Najee Harris's fumble. You know, the guys, if that wasn't a playoff game, I don't think he plays, right? So you've got to, you know, you've got to look at that for one. Secondly, he's trying to do 50 billion things so he doesn't finish with minus yardage, you know, like Reggie Bush did in his final year in the NFL. Like, you know, so I think a bit of credit where credit's due with Najee, you know, and that's a fumble. He didn't have one fumble in the regular season, 381 touches. The NFL record is 423. Najee is second in his rookie year behind the, an awful O-line. 
Um, you know, not to see every player on there is awful, but together as a collective, they weren't good this year. Don't care what anyone says, they weren't good. Um, and so, you know, that that's that's the first bit there. As you said, like to watch Big Ben go out like that, that wasn't great. The thing for me though is that I'm beginning, I feel like I'm drifting into that fan territory of we haven't won a Super Bowl in 11 years. We haven't really done anything in the playoffs in at least five years. So I'm happy the team gets to the playoffs. I think it's fantastic that they're committed, that they can win games, you know, against teams that really should beat them and they know how to win. I think that shows a drive and a will to win and, you know, an overall team culture, which got questioned a lot at times this season. But I do think that that, that is a lot more rock solid than what we all realize. And you can tell in these exit interviews. But I'm also sitting here and I'm like, I feel like it does change. I don't want change for change's sake, but certain change has to happen because we are we are off the pace compared to the Bills and the Chiefs, and and I think we I think we're there with the Titans. I think when the Titans are on, they play well. You know, I think we're potentially you know slightly off the pace maybe with the Bengals. I think you know, but a fit Steelers team probably you know they can easily beat this Bengals team as well. But going back to it, I think. There are certain changes required unless we want to continue to be out in the wild card round or the divisional round. You know, you know what we are. You know what we are, Maddie. We're a bit like we're a bit like me with my life at the moment. I'm playing PS4, and all my mates are playing PS5. Hands down, that's what we are. That's what Steelers oh, are. I don't think it's. I don't think it's like that. I think you know. You don't think so? There's, there's a big difference, like you just said, with the playoffs, right? So I'm still stuck yeah, on the P- yeah. PS4, but the playoffs, we haven't won four games. We've lost four games in a row. And I had that stat that was when the Bengals broke it, 11,333 days since a playoff win. There's Pittsburgh Steelers now about uh, 1,800. So it's been about like, you know, it's been, what, six uh, six years. Yeah, we're getting in that territory. If we go to another playoff game and you lose another playoff game, no matter how how well I thought the season was good, I thought the season was great, right? Well, good to great. But if you lose that playoff game again, that's five in a, five in a row. And the Bengals had uh, seven in a row before they won. So it's you know, are we turning into the Bengals? <laughs> it's just you need to win a playoff game. We should have to win. Yeah, they're falling too. They're they're big. They're they're big time falling. But we need to win a playoff game. And and like, I thought Big Ben gave us the best chance to to win this year, no matter what, right? Well, and, and I mean, look at the look at the fourth quarter comebacks and the game winning drives. I mean, he you know Ben couldn't have done couldn't have done any more with that six fourth quarter comebacks and seven game winning drives, like mm-hmm. top of the league. So. Yeah, Big Ben, I think, gave us the best chance all year, even though he was not mobile and his, his last year. And I, I don't think he's coming back. I'm not sure, too sure about if he plays for another team. He, he he always said he was going to not be a stealer. Didn't say he wasn't going to play. So we'll see what happens. But we do need... Yeah, we I are, thought that would have happened. It's interesting you touch on that. I think we should quickly explore that. So <clears throat> I had it in going into this season, and I was on a show... Um, well, Jeff came on this show, um, Jeff Hartman. I think you were sick one of the days or you had a, the pickleball competition. And then, um, you know, Jeff said, do you, do you think, you know, Big Ben could play elsewhere? And I said, well, I could see him going to another team this season if, if he wanted to. And I, and, I, and I named a few teams that I could see him fitting with. But 
I struggle to see that now. That like you've got to really think about the teams that have a good O. Like he needs a really good O line, and you look at the teams with really good O lines. Most of them have you know a, a rookie quarterback, or they have a good court, like quite a good quarterback as well. Um, and I don't know whether you completely change that up, right? So, uh, like I don't know. I think they. I think Ben's done. Yeah, I just it just. Maybe but I could see if the Steelers, I could see the Steelers, right? At zero and five, zero and six, and Bring then they had a buy. Yeah, I, <laughs> that, that, I could see that. I could see that. Oh, yeah, I, just, I see that. Well, we don't know. We don't. I've always said until I see him do the uh, actual press conference, we don't know what's going to happen. But I don't think he'll be a Steelers. I don't think, I think he's going to do one. Right? That, really? Yeah, I think, you know, you think about that statement. Um, it didn't Michael Jordan send the press release basically just saying I'm retiring or whatever it was. Like, I think if you think about everything that Big Ben's been through early on in his career, he doesn't want to uh, – I, I get it. I don't know. He's got nothing to gain from sitting there and doing a live press conference retirement like everyone else because he's just going to sit there and face questions from – you know, reporters about all the stuff, all the negative yeah, stuff, right? That is true. He might do a one-on-one interview with someone about his retirement. I could see that. He might release a doco like he did when he came back from the injury. But I don't think, you know, and you know, you know, I work in the media advisory field outside of, you know, as my as my professional job. Like I, 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 if I'm sitting there with Big Ben, I would be telling him, "There's you got nothing to gain out of doing that." There's, there's actually, there's a fun, that's quite funny you bring that up because there's a few stories with Big Ben's past, right? And we're not going to go into it, but two days later after, after you exited from the playoffs, I think I saw about three articles come out and yep. just, like, just yep. like bash him and say, not not ex-great quarterback who threw for a million yards and was one of the best Pittsburgh Steelers ever yep. play the game, um, two-time Super Bowl winning champion. No, the second headline was all the other uh, past accusations off him and we're not going to go into that, but... That, I get what you're saying. Why would you put yourself in the spotlight? You can just, just kind of walk away and you maybe come back as a coach. Um, for Big I'd ben. love to see him back as a coach. I, would, yeah. like, I, I Honestly, I think that would be, I think quarterback coach, um, I think that would be terrific. I think he and Tomlin together would be terrific. Um, the only thing that, I think Ben needs a few years away from the game. I think he needs to get like one. I, I just think his family put up with a lot, right? So I can imagine, you know, wanting to spend some time there. Can we, Number can two. We... Oh, Maddie, sorry, but what's? Oh, interrupt you just one second. Imagine being that family for eighteen years and you never get to see your, yeah, your partner. <laughs> Isn't that crazy that he runs around for eighteen years and and goes all over the America? Family time would must be just half the years cut off, really. Yeah, so I think that's the first one, right? Um, you know, do that. Um, spend a bit of time there, spend a bit of time away from the game, and then come back because Big Ben didn't want to, and I get it, you're a Hall of Fame quarterback, you're focused on winning and what have you, but he didn't really want to help develop that younger guy. I think he needs some time away from the game to separate Big Ben as the quarterback for the Steelers mm. versus good idea, Big Ben, yeah. the Steelers Coach. legend that, you know, that, you know, offensive mind and what have you. I think... The other thing too is that gives the Steelers a time a time right now, whether we draft a quarterback or we don't, it gives us a time to let that person or that let that veteran fail and then we go out in the draft next year or the, or the or in twenty twenty four and you know, use lots of draft picks and get a you know, a high you know, uh, you know, 
top end quarterback, or it allows a veteran, you know, to play a couple of years and then we, we we mold someone else. And then Big Ben can come in and really work with someone. I don't think he's ready to work with someone the, the six months after him retiring. I don't think we're not ready for that. Um, and and, and, I, think, and I think he needs some time as quarterback coach. And I think Sullivan's a good quarterback coach. So I think there are a couple of things you got to think about from that perspective with being Big Ben. Equally, though, I just want to say it so I've said it. But I, as I said, I've said to you before, I've listened to a few interviews with Luke Keekley. Man, if they're moving on from, um, if they're moving on from Keith Butler, and they're looking for a linebackers coach, and I know Luke Keekley played in a four-three, but you'd be silly not to talk about bringing him in as a linebacker coach. I mean, the stuff, the, the intellect that he talks about, and the need of the line that I've heard him talk about the linebackers and the way they need to fit between the defensive line and the secondary, and how it all revolves around each other. I mean, you know, I just have a chat with him and and, and let him know that you're interested, even if he's not ready to be a coach, because like when he's ready to be a coach. Mark my words now in 2022, Luke, Luke Keekley is, yeah, he is going to be a force if he wants to be a coach. That's a good question, though. Is the transition as a player to go coach as easy as we put it? No. Or is no, there, you've there, be there, there has, you've to, be there has to be something echelon. else going on? You know, there are some, obviously, some coaches that, that couldn't be players. Like, did, did Bill Belichick, did he even play? I don't remember if he played. He did. I think he played for the, he played for the Browns. Well, he wouldn't play now. <laughs> but you know what I'm trying to say there. Like, if you're a good player, not all or not all great players go on to be great coaches. Hundred percent, and that might yeah. be Big Ben. Who's to say he's going to do that? I could see him going. Nah, I'm done with it completely. Like, yeah, and just walking away. Yeah, but that's that's interesting. Um, I think even even in whoever we bring in as coach, if it's offense or defense, you just need someone to really fire him up and get and, and start to buy into the Steelers system. We talked about it a few times during this season. There is no real culture. We're missing that culture with the Steelers at the moment. There's no real leadership um, in that in that locker room for me, and it shows. Like Big Ben was, he, he was the you know the leader on the field, but he wasn't going around pumping everyone up and, get, and getting everyone you know crazed about the team. But he went out there and did his job and did the best the best he can. You know. All so. right. Well, I've got to interrupt you. Breaking news and B Love is on it. Um, <laughs> and I thought this might be happening. Um, just as we were oh. talking about it, Mark, um, 15 minutes ago, according to tweets um, from NFL reporters, one minute ago um, on the Pittsburgh Steelers website, uh, Keith Butler announces retirement. I don't think this is a surprise to anyone. There you um, go. So Breaking I can news. read the statement live for everyone. Um, but that is the Steelers' defensive. This is according to the statement on Steelers.com right now. One minute ago, uh, Steelers' defensive coordinator Keith Butler announced his retirement on Saturday evening in a statement released by the team. It is an emotional day as I announce I'm retiring from my football coaching career. I've spent every year since 1990 as a coach in the NFL and the NCAA. But the time is right for me to walk away after a successful career, both playing and coaching the game I love. I want to thank the Rooney family, Bill Cowell, Mike Tomlin, and all the coaches and players that I've been involved with over my entire coaching career. I look forward to spending more time with my family who have been so supportive of me throughout the years. I wish nothing but the best to the Pittsburgh Steelers, and I'll be cheering them on during my retirement. Butler served as the team's DC since being promoted to that role in January 2015. He'd previously been the linebackers coach for 12 seasons, 2003 to 2014. He was obviously a part of the two Super Bowl winning teams. He came to the NFL 
um, after coaching with the Cleveland Browns. Well, his career started with the Cleveland Browns and before that um, in the college ranks with Arkansas State and Memphis. He played in the NFL for 10 seasons, 1978 to 87 for the Seahawks. Um, and he was a three-year starter at inside linebacker for the University of Memphis, leading the team in tackles his junior and senior seasons and being named to the Associated Press's All-American team in 1977. So we have the retirement there. Um, I don't think this is a Bruce Arians retirement. I think this is a retirement, an actual retirement for me. I could see another team going to him later on and saying, hey, do you want to, you know, in a year or two's Always, time. But I, yeah, think, exactly. I think from today onwards, I, I actually think this is a retirement right now. Um, it's really interesting. I mean, I, I bring it up because what does this mean for their draft as well? We're not going to get deep in draft on today's show, but JR um, Marcone um, or Marconi brings it up in the live chat talking about Devin Lloyd. I agree. Devin Lloyd's on the board at 20. I'm picking him straight out. I think he's a, you know, an awesome linebacker pick um, there, but I think there we go. Um, and then people in the live chat are saying fire Canada. We've had a lot of talk about quarterbacks as well. Um, so we can crack into that maybe a little bit later on, but I think, you know, we've seen that first change. I mean, I saw reports, um, and we'll, we'll come back to Keith Butler, but, you know, I saw reports as well, Mark, in the last 24 to 48 hours about, you know, I think it started on 93.7 The fans, so who knows if it's true or not, that Art Rooney might even step in and tell Tomlin to fire um, Matt Canada. I think one of the things that I want to talk about today, is you're, you're right, is the offense. Um, and... I just I like I went through the stats like you did, and, and I think some of the stat you know bring up some of the stats that you did too. But you know the mm-hmm. team were twenty third in yards, right? So they're in the bottom ten in the league for yards on offense. They're twenty fourth, you know, bottom eight to nine for first downs. They were 29th in net yards per team, the third worst team for sorry per attempt. They were the third worst team in terms of net yards per attempt. Ridiculous. Twenty eighth in terms of rushing attempts. 20, uh, despite what we talked about and despite, you know, the, the greatness of Najee Harris, um, they were 29th in rush yards gained. They were 29th um, in yards per attempt. They were 28th in time of possession, which put ridiculous pressure on the defense. And we saw that in the latter half of the season, particularly. They were 25th in, in plays per drive and they were 28th um, in, yards, in yards per drive. I mean... None of this is a ring endorsement, regardless of whether you've got Big Ben or you don't have Big Ben or whether he fits Canada's team or he doesn't. Players have talked about the fact that there was a meld between two of them when you talk about the wide receivers. You can't, like, you, you're not going to... The fact that we're even the, in the playoffs with those sorts of numbers is, uh, you know... It, that speaks well, well, to Big Ben's greatness, but at the same time... You, you can't have a quarterback that doesn't fit the offensive scheme of the coordinator. That's not, doesn't work. Yeah. Well, like I said, this is like, I'm, I'm really, you know, proud of this team, but however, this season, in my opinion, was good. But when you look at all the stats, it was just even. The whole thing was even. We beat, we beat the Bills, but we lost to the Bengals, you know, twice. We beat the Ravens and we went um, four and two against the Browns and the Ravens. But then we lose to the Chiefs and we lose to the Packers. Like it just, just to me, it felt even uh, nine, seven and one. And you even brought up the, the stat with the possession, right? In the re- regular season, we had 30 minutes and the opposition had, had 31 minutes. Even again, you know? Um, the one stat I, stat I found was with the running game. I think it was we had 1.5K yards and the opposition had 
our average, and that kind of sums up the whole season. Our average was about four point yards a carry, and the opposition had five. So they were winning the the battle in the trenches, and this team just didn't have it. When we came to the game versus the Chiefs, we just didn't have it, and something needs to change. Like the other question I want to ask you, and I, I know we keep going back and forth from, from offense to defense, but how the how the blimey hell does TJ Watt get twenty two and a half sacks, and we don't do anything in the playoffs? Like that's what makes me a bit angry as well. You have such good players like TJ Watt and Haywood, right? And we lose again. You know what I'm saying? Like how? Yeah, but how I mean, it goes that to a conversation that you and I had on your Steelers Nation Australia earlier in the week. Um, we tried to have, and then I got evacuated with a fire alarm. <laughs> um, but uh, it, go, it goes down to the fact that they're not good enough across the board. They're relying on four or five guys to do it, and this draft is really important for it. Like Dave Schofield was talking about this in the previous show. He talked about the Steelers will do what they're doing, getting an outside linebacker. They kind of have to. They need rotation there, right? Mm. You know, and 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 a good a good pass rusher that's not a rookie is not going to want to sit behind them. They tried that this year with Melbourne Ingram. He didn't want to be there, right? Name, there's not a lot of those pass rushers that will. But we've got to if 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 you're going to have if you're going to bring back Matt Canada, this is what I was, I was saying. It right. I'm not going to talk about specific players, but if you're going to bring back Matt Canada with the stats we just talked about. You better draft some good guys on defense because you're going to be playing a lot of defense and you're going to need a lot of rotation through 17 games, right? Or you go out on offense and you find the guys that are going to let going to let Najee Harris and the the tight ends to catch, you know, give them time and space, give the wide receivers, you know, time to get down the field. You know, yes, Mason doesn't have the best NFL arm. People have a million problems with Mason. But if Mason has more than three seconds to throw, we might be in a decent position. Um, I see things like Sam Howell. Sam Howell, I, I think he's better than uh, some people give him credit for. But if you draft Sam Howell and you don't have an O-line, he's going to get destroyed. He's not He's not quick enough to do that. Malik Willis, he can move around in the, in the pocket. Fine, he can move around and run around. He's probably the most athletic quarterback in this draft. But does he have the arm? He needs time to throw so he can read the field. He's not ready yet. Like, you can go through every, and there are two quarterbacks that I think are really good in this draft. But again, they need an O line. They're not big. They're not entering the league like Big Ben at six foot five and two hundred and fifty plus pounds or whatever he, he entered the league at, right? And again, he came in behind a decent O line. If you don't touch this O line, as I say, you better get some depth in defense because you're gonna like your defense is gonna be out there the majority of the time. Yeah, well, I want to ask you a question, Matty, right? So with Matt Canada, what what to you would be uh, success in the year 2022? With his offense being so bad last year, what do you in terms would be a success? Does he need to get the wins? Does he need to get the, the big plays? Do we need to get... What's well, um, wins? I think it's wins, but like... Like you got, he got nine, he got nine, seven, and one, right? And a, and they're two fumbles away from winning the Detroit game. So let's just just call it ten set, ten and seven for argument's sake. Yep. Ten and seven will get like you need eleven or twelve to win the division. I think if you get eleven or twelve in this division, you, you win it right now. The divisions, the divisions, too good when they play each other. You're going to get there. Mm-hmm. But what are you going to do in the playoffs? You, if you get 12 wins, fine. But what happens when you get to the playoffs? I don't I don't know if Matt Canada can scheme that up. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like with this, with him improving, if you keep him, 
for me as a as a as a I don't know if you know. can improve to that. <laughs> no, no, well, no, no. I, I mean that in the I mean that in the, the most sensible way, right? Let's say Matt Canada, assuming Ben fitted Matt Canada to a T, right? Let's say Big Ben was 30 and fitted Matt Canada to a T, right? In terms of the way he plays with what Matt Canada wants to do. Matt Canada is a first year OC. He would need a couple of years. And, and some failures, people only learn from failure. If, you, if, you, if you're not going to let someone fail, they're never going to learn. So, you know, we all have high expectations, but teams are going to fail at times. Sometimes you'll fail and you'll win. We saw that with the Steelers this season. But sometimes you'll fail and lose. But the problem for Matt Canada a little bit is the timing of when he's coming. He came in in Big Ben's last year. He came with a very That's different a fair stand, point. Right? This year... Right, he can come in even if they draft, even if they had the f- number one pick in the draft and they, they trade, they choose to trade back, whatever they choose to do, but they get the quarterback that fits Matt Canada's system. There's no guarantees it's going to work. There's no guarantees it works if he's a 10 year experience OC. And so, the thing for me about Matt Canada is I'm looking, put outside the schemes and which players fit, whatever. Look at the optics of it. He he needs to do an awful lot to change this fan base. And this fan base, when they decide that they hate someone, they hate someone, right? You know, look at Mason. Mason is definitely a better player than what he was, but no one will give him the time of day. No one even let him see what he can do. Mate, they'll be they'll be firing us soon. Fire no, Mark. We're guilty of it too. Maddie. Oh, I'm just I, I'm sick of the firing stuff, but I agree, you know, get, get behind your player. But I want to bring up a good point here, what Rhino Tool make. He says. I watched the Chiefs uh, run yeah. creative plays. We ran plain vanilla. That's very true. We did. We did run very vanilla plays. And I'm sick of seeing that uh, receiver screen out to the running back. It doesn't. It just doesn't really work all, all the time. Um, or to DJ. And it just seems that we're not um, getting in flow with the offense. And is it personnel or is it uh, the will of the player or is it Matt Canada? My question is, if you do, if you do keep with Canada this year, and you keep him, then there has to be a reason for him to improve, right? Oh, and, and, and I know? didn't really answer your question either. So so I think the things are, in answering your question properly, because I do want to answer it, is you need 12 wins, right? You've got to be in the top. You've got to be – all those things that we talked about, 28, they got to be 18 or better, right? You need to – the efficiency needs to be better. You need to be on the field longer. You need to be on the field in the top 12. Right, you need to be on the field for the top twelve in times of times of possession, plays, yards. That's just got to be there. Like he has to, he has to have a fifty percent improvement across his stats. I agree. I, I think that, he needs the team's to be not going to the Super Bowl without that, no matter how good the defense is. Well, I think it needs to be like top fifteen, top twelve offense because we saw it last year. I didn't feel comfortable, and like I live streamed every single game on my on, on my Steeler page, right? And I didn't feel comfortable at any time. Not one why game did I feel comfortable. Why a question for the live chat? Because you and I talk about this all the time, right? And it feeds off what Ryan O'Toole said with the Chiefs, you know, us playing vanilla. We, yeah, we play vanilla because we're struggling to even throw the ball like a normal offense, <laughs> right? And Big Ben, like, nah. Um, you know, ridiculous. But the question I've got, and so everyone in the live chat, I want you to just put Y or, or N or yes or no. Mark and I sit there all the time and we – we think about it and maybe it's where the Madden generation or whatever it is, but we hate that the Steelers, even when they're ahead in, and now it's not really been that much this season, it's previous years. Mm-hmm. 
The Steelers never put a team to the slaughter. They never put 50 points on a team, right? And if you do that, you can put a lot on tape, right? If you're if you're winning that much, you can put things on tape that other teams have to scheme for. You know, it's not just about it's not about having stats. It's about giving the team, you know, letting them get in a flow, creating that winner confidence, that winner mentality. Keep going. I know there's a respecting some people like that in the NFL, and you know, you, you know, don't need to blow a team out of the water. I know that you don't want to injure people. But we haven't seen the Steelers rack up a score in years. So I want you to put in live chat. Do you think if the Steelers are up, they should continue to rack up scores? Or do you think that the Steelers should just play it safe, take the win, be done with it? Yes or no? I'd love to know in the live chat what you all think. Because Mark and I talk about this all the time. And, And the reason I ask this, I don't think Matt Canada's offense is capable of racking up a score. Well, we That's couldn't true. score. We couldn't score points. You just couldn't. You just could not score points. So I, I want to bring it back to. I think it like with this kind of mentality, if you can score points, just just keep scoring points until they they can't stop you, right? That's my mentality to win the game. I remember a game, and I've got it here in my uh, on my on my on the internet. Twenty fifteen, the Steelers at home versus uh, San Fran 49ers. We won forty three to eighteen. That's when we versed Kaepernick, and we destroyed them. That's when we also destroyed our mate, Jared Hayne. He was a 49er and we just took over the game 43 to 18. We haven't really seen that because Big Ben was more was more mobile back then and he could do certain things and he could, he could just throw, you know, 57-yard passes and get 7-0, 14-0. Our defense can come out and start playing. We had Ryan, Ryan Chase here too. All these players would get after it. Now we're just like trying to hang into the game and we just can't score points. I think you said the average was, what, 20 points a game? Or something similar. Uh, I, I didn't say the average. I'm pull it up for now. It's uh, the average was um, twenty. I've got it here. Twenty points. Yeah, a game. twenty. Yeah, yeah. You can't win games at twenty points. Well, but, a game. And you know why? Do you know why you can't? <laughs> do you know why you can't though? You can't win it because if you if your defense holds someone to twenty points or under, you're usually a top eight to ten defense in the league. That's why you can't. That's why you can't. Like, we had the 20th defense in the league, right? And we held the team opponents to 398. We had the 21st offense in the league at 343 yards. No. you got to be able to score 25 points or more. You need that five-point buffer, like, as an average. Now, I want to go up to the answer in the question. Ryan O'Toole, run up the score. Kenny D, yes. Just me, run up the score if we can. George Teston, play to the gun. Tyler Mm -hmm. Cromley, yes, run it. JR Marconi. Can you let us know if it's Marconi or Marcone? I want to make sure I'm not, not pronouncing your name wrong. I hate people pronounce names wrong. Um, he says, run it up. Look at what happened against Tennessee. Almost blew the lead in the second quarter. Exactly. You know, good fella. Tom Brady, Tom Brady um, plays in blowouts all the time. Get some backups in, but keep pushing. Exactly. This team, until this team goes, we want to put it now. I know it's not Tomlin's way. I know there's, we talk about the steal away, what have you. But you've got to do it. Like we talk about, and and this defense even said, like some of the defensive guys said, you know, I think it was Highsmith said in his post exit interview, you know, I've watched almost every single one of these this week. I just, I keep watching these and and I'm really trying to digest what they're saying and and work some things Mm. out. He said, we've got to get that killer instinct. We need that. We need that from the offense as well. And we we go back to the complimentary football. How often did we talk about complimentary football? I talked about it with Rich when you were on well a couple of weeks ago, Mike. We don't play it. The offense needs to keep the defense off the field so TJ can rack and Haywood and, and all those playmakers can do great things and, and rack it up. But the offense needs to get into a rhythm. 
There's no confidence because there's, there's no consistency. Well, I, I haven't seen this team. When's the last time that we – it's just this team the last two or three years, and it could be a Big Ben thing, could be coordinated. I don't know all the players. We can't get first downs. And if you can't get first downs, you cannot win the game. You cannot you can, cannot score points. But we still go 9-7-1, and seven and one, which is great, right? And I am – like I said, I'm super proud. But at the same time, you know that when you turn the football game on, that if we get the ball, we're going to go run – uh, probably a, a pass to the outside goes nowhere. Then third and four, we're going deep, and that goes nowhere. Well, hundred so percent. And it has there was to change. A, there was that third and one that DJ dropped the ball on that slant against the Chiefs, right? Mm-hmm. Now, I sit there sometimes and I watch it, and I'm like, they they cannot, they never scheme more than one read open. Now I know Ben often reads the defense when he gets like he gets given the play or whatever, or you know to give him the options on plays. He gets up there. They do the pre-snap. He reads what the defense is doing. They make it. He may often this in the last two years. It's I've heard someone at Allen all analyze it and say, seems like he just picks who he's going to before he throws it. And he has to, because he doesn't have any time possession. We need a better O-line so that someone can sit there and go, who's open. We need a better O-line. So that on third and one, we can run Najee freaking Harris up yeah. the bloody needle. Like, yep. like it, it's just not good enough. And, it, no, and I know it seems very chicken and egg. A good offense might allow Matt Canada to do his thing. And, and Matt Canada needs to work with what he's got there, as, as it was said in the live chat. And I agree to, you know, a lot of that. You can't just blame your tools. But I think just get scrap it both at this point. Well, look, I, I know we have a good team, right? I think we do have a good team with a lot of stars. But at some point, you've got to put everything together. And right now on offense, they're not. We were, we were the worst. We're the worst team on ru- rushing the ball again. I think like thirty second or something, or thirtieth or something really bad. Um, there's just something missing. Like you and I talked about it off off uh, off air. There is something missing, and you know if that's a coaching change or a philosophy, we're, we're running up the score, or um, you know doing some uh, trick plays or something like, or even being more creative like the Chiefs did. Uh, Mahomes threw to the O line. Mahomes threw the football, got a TD to the big fella up front. Um, The right tackle, I think. Mate, you know what we're going to get? We're going to (laughs) draft in the second or third round. She is in the third round. Daniel Falele, the Minnesota um, tackle. Mark, I don't know if you've seen this guy. He's originally actually an Aussie. Um, I like his name. His name's cool. Mate, guy's like six foot nine and about almost 400 pounds. Let's go. Let's get that guy. Let's get that guy running up the middle, man. You know, well, uh, he wants to play right. Yeah, he is. He's an Aussie. Um, you yeah, do make and he's six foot nine and four hundred and ten pounds. But I think his actual playing weight this season was more like three seventy five. But the guy is massive. You do make a good point. It's third and two, and we want to go twenty or five yards for a pass. Why can't we just get the? We pick a and... slant, like I, I, yeah. The, the, the defense is crashing like the short yardage, and 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 there in case you you know you do play actually you know you, you actually fake it and end up with a run play, and you're doing a slant to DJ who's already dropped the ball in that game. You, what like, you've got Zach Gentry and Pat Freemuth. Why can't you throw like a high pass that they can just basketball jump and catch? like I. I or Claypool. Well, I mean, we know Claypool can't fight for a ball in the air. It just it frustrates me. Um, and and you know, Rhino Tool brings up bringing Juju back. I, I want this more than anything. I, I think he was so missed. Right, that catch. You know, if he's in DJ's position, he doesn't drop that. I, I'd love to have him back. 
but I don't I don't trust Matt Canada to do anything that's going to get Juju open. Well, the biggest thing is, is nothing changed throughout the season at all, really. It was just the same that's offense throughout the whole point. season. Like it was just from day one, from week one to week 17 or, or week 18 in the playoffs, same offense, and it was Najee churning his legs over, doing the best he can. How many times did Najee run his feet where he was in that getting tackled by three or four defenders and he still fell four or five yards forward? If we get the better O-line behind that and start doing things. But the thing is, it's, 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 a, it's a mixture of a lot of things. It's being creative on the offense. It's the players wanting the will to play. Like I'm kind of like right now, um, I'm kind of done with Claypool. I, I think that guy is that big and that talented. You've got to stay on your feet. I, I cannot, uh, I cannot, and, 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 and you know what? If he's over. not gonna, I, and I agree with you, and I don't just think you should just trade away players willy nilly. But if they, and that's the Aussie slang for today, Mark and I probably aren't gonna <laughs> slang today, so willy nilly. Well, I've got one, I've got one. Oh, what, what do you got? Well, mine was because I am, I am proud of this team, and I'm just like this season, right? I'm stoked. I was, I'm stoked for this season, but there's a lot of other issues coming into, you know. Um, all over the all over the team, but I'm pretty stoked for the season. What happened with what, what we had? Um, I'm proud and stoked. But yeah, back to your Claypool stuff. Back, back to yeah, right. But if another team offers a decent trade for him, particularly in the draft, and there's players on the board that you want, you've got to listen at this point in time because the guy, the guy is basically almost in a tight end body. Maybe they maybe they ask him to add a few pounds and you get him playing tight end and get him blocking. But like. At six foot five or six foot four and a half, whatever I think he is, at 235 pounds, come on, man, jump up and get the damn ball, right? I but I want to bring up Goodfella, right? And I love Goodfella's um, icon picture. I don't know whether he's Aussie or not, but it's a very <laughs> Aussie like Christmas camping trip right there. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but Goodfella1422 says, when your puncher is one of the most exciting players, it's not good. 100%. How many yeah, times man. did he punt in the Chiefs game? Was it nine? I mean, uh, come on, I don't even want to know. But look, going back to Claypool, man, I just don't, I can't, I've never seen a receiver fall over so much. How many times can you not have the, the body position? Maybe that's what you need to work on as a receiver, like Heinz Claypool Ward needs or, to watch the Martavius Bryant like just, highlight clips. Mate, Come he on, needs to man. do something like even AB and those good receivers, the route running ability and just their 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 presence on the field and body control. Every single time he goes for a ball, yes, he gets a few of them. He gets a few of the jump balls, but most times he's just falling over and he's trying to get the for the flag and he gets a lot of flags as well, right? Because he runs down the they can't catch him, they're holding him back. Um, but in my opinion, I would be happy to to honestly look to, to to maybe let him go or trade him away or whatever, and bring in a brand new talent and go. Well, he's a new guy I can get around because well, I just find with what he's doing. Oh, sorry. The only thing I'm going to say is like he's on a rookie deal, right? So you may as well keep you may you either keep him or you trade him. Like he's not, you know he's not worth cutting by any stretch of imagination. But maybe they do need to sit there and say, do we have a Carl Pitts on? Do we have a you know? Paul man's Kyle Pitts on our hands. Do we have someone that we can move? Like, but again, I want a tight end that will fight and jump for the ball, like Freemuth does. I don't like Claypool doesn't do it. I don't get it. Well, I just he just doesn't have any control with his feet or body presence in and and the the cornerbacks who are matching up against him, they've already they're already pretty much won the route, I think, in, in most situations, no matter yeah. how good a good a cornerback you are. Yeah. Because uh Claypool, in my opinion, in my Australian opinion. He can't, he's doing some really good things. At the same time, he's getting beat 
by himself because he can't um, the body control what he's doing. And we all see it as a fan. It's the fan perspective, mate. You got to stand up. You've got to. You got to like. You know, a few catches where he's jumping in the like, um, like he's playing AFL, right? He's jumping too far in front of the ball. He's coming down. He's getting his feet chopped in the air. It's just. Uh, it's very similar sometimes too with a bit of like Eric Ebron too. He could never really stay on his feet too when he was catching the ball and run after the catch. The difference is with with your mate Muth doing doing fantastic things, mate. When he catches that football yard after catch, he's running down people's faces and he's getting first downs. With Claypool, I think when he catches the ball, that's it. There's nothing. But I else agree with what Josh that. Park. Yeah, and I like what Josh Park says. Uh, you know, he agrees with us on Claypool and says they don't have different plays and routes for him. It's generally a fade route to the outer corner. Teams know that, and they're usually covered. Exactly, and they cover that with a deep safety coming across the middle. You're getting an interception, right? Like, I, I completely agree. Um, you know, we saw, we didn't see. You know what I found odd this season as well. When they needed a big play in the fourth quarter, how many like slants or like you know the the crossing routes did they run with DJ in the ball and then running off like yards after the catch for twenty or thirty yards? Why are you doing that in the first quarter? Oh mate, you tell me. Like man. and put the defense on the on their you know on the back foot or on their heels. Like there there's this is the problem. We smashed Randy Land so much, right? The Steelers have had this trip to Randy Land. Hated that, right? Then we went gone on a trip to Canada, and yeah, it's a bit better, but it's not much better, right? Where do we go next? I mean, this is it because, uh, like, this travel, this trip that we're on right now, not exactly a good one. That's not a, a brilliant, right that's a brilliant analogy. Going to Randy Land now, we're going to Canada, but you just pissed off Canadian Canadian listeners and Michael Beck. But that no, makes no, sense, no, no. man. I'm, I'm saying he's doing you guys a disservice right now. I'm just, <laughs> just saying, like. You know, so I, I, I don't, you know, the, the thing about it though is as well, if you're going to get rid of Canada, who are you going to bring in? And that's the thing. Like a lot of people can talk about a DC, like a Fangio or a Zimmer. I mean, Zimmer plays a 4-3. I still sit there sometimes and wonder about a 4-3, but I think we're two or three seasons off that with just the way that our defensive lines can structure, structured, even if we wanted to. And I think Tomlin much prefers a 3-4 anyway. Um, that's his tendency. So I can't see that changing why he's the head coach. But I I do sit there with the OC and I'm like, well, who are you going to bring in? And, and I don't think people have necessarily addressed that one. And I'm a big believer in if you're going to make a change at a, co- in a coach in any sport, you better have an idea of who you're going to bring in before you do it. Um, and, you know, people can throw in a billion names in the chat. Great. Um, but I think that's something you've really got to look at is who are you going to bring in? Um, and I think... If Heinz Ward, you know, I, I don't know, I'm 50-50 on players coming back to their teams, like we saw with Joey Porter, and I heard Arthur Motes talking about it recently, and he, and he said it's so hard with the type of player that was. Maybe Heinz Ward is, is, is a bit different, but if he misses out on the head coaching role, I saw he was interviewed with the Texans. Do, do you bring him? Do you, do you look at what he might be able to do? But I just think with Canada, they, they need an experienced offensive coordinator whether you're bringing in a veteran or with that you know or you're bringing in a rookie they need there needs to be a, a really experienced offensive coordinator coming here they need someone to build a plan throughout the game and build a plan yes. throughout, throughout the week and build a plan throughout the season of the year and say okay we're going to run Najee this game and do these certain things to get him involved when he starts to get involved that means that dj is going to get open up here when dj gets open up we go back to claypool and feed that and then, and then next minute we run a fake with the QB. 
There is none of that with Canada right now. And I'm not an expert, but there is no, anyone can see it. There is none of that. We run the football first and 10, we get second and 10. And then we run it again and we get second and 11. Oh, sorry. Third I mean, if we're going to draft it, if we're going to draft a, a quarterback as well, if Doug Pedersen doesn't get a co- like doesn't get a coaching role, have a look at him. You need to get someone that's going to speak the quarterback language, but has run an NFL team. Um, ideally, you know, as a coach, if not as an as like and as as like the head coach, if not a coordinator. Um, but I think that they need someone in here. You know, and I, I bring up Goodfellow, like Mike Munchak, great, and I know he did the run game stuff apart from being the O line coach. But I think we need someone that's going to come in and create. A, as Mark said there, a plan. And even if you're the quarterback coach, you, you uh, sorry, you know, you're a quarterback leaning offensive coordinator. You'd be silly not to sit there and go, the run game's going to help me out. The run game can take a lot of the load. The run game can take time on the clock. The run game can make it easier on the veteran or the rookie QB. I just, I think we need someone that speaks, speaks quarterback, if you like, or is like a quarterback whisperer. I, I think we need that. In, in where the team is at right now, because we're going to have new people on the O line again, and and you know consistency is really important on the O line. Um, you know, I, yeah, I, I don't know. For me, it's just you need to bring in someone that knows that speaks quarterback. It's just do do the Steelers need to hire outside the organization to shake up the organization? Yes, yes. I, I'm sick I of hiring too. internally. I agree, I, I uh, agree like, completely. Yeah, I mean, look. I think there's a difference between promoting, like let's just say they were going to do promote Sullivan um, versus promoting Terrell Austin. I think that's a different thing. Um, you know, Terrell Austin has been scheming up what they're doing in secondary for a while, but at OC, they need an external philosophy. Also, Mike Tomlin is not, yes, I know he started out as a wide receivers coach, but he's been a defensive minded coach at NFL for a long time now. But Rich and I were talking about it when we finished um, the touchdown under three or four weeks ago that we, we did together, we sat there and and one of the things that Rich said, and I completely agree with it, is that Mike Tomlin in a way, it's nothing, we're both big fans of Mike Tomlin and I hope I'm, you know, doing Rich justice in what I'm saying here. But Mike Tomlin needs to be challenged, right? He needs to have coordinators in here. Not, I'm not saying how they have arguments and confrontations. I'm saying challenge of saying, this is what we could be implementing here. In my experience, this means there. And you're not, you're clearly not getting that right now. And, you know, it's that whole concept of yes and no people. And do we have a lot of yes people in there in the coordinator position versus people that are willing to push back and say, no, this is what we should do. In my experience, this is what we need to do. This has been successful elsewhere. Elsewhere, this is what I've done. Matt Canada can't say that because he can only talk about the college game in that success. And it's a but- different game. For me, it's like if you look on the offense, right, and, and everyone feels comfortable, the QB, the O-line, the receivers, all those guys, t- uh, tight ends, running backs, and they and you go ask them, how would you how'd you play this season? Oh, I think I played pretty good. I played great. We won, we won nine games. We've got the playoffs, right? You need that outside coach to come in and go, no, you're all, you're all terrible. You sucked. You should have got 14 games. But what do you mean? We got nine games. We made the playoffs. Isn't that good enough? No, you need someone to shake it up. And if you hire internally, I don't think you get that with this Steeler team. It's, it's, it's you know, or isn't the 29th offensive, is that, that's pretty good, right? It's better than the three other teams. No, you need to be about 10. Like, you need that shake up, I think, in the locker room. A new quarterback's going to do that. It could be Mason. It could be it could be Haskins. It could be anyone else. Who knows at this stage? We're still in the playoffs. We don't know. But if you bring someone else in into the business, 
And he looks at it from from the outside perspective and goes, "Oh, fellas, what are you doing? You got to clean that up. You got to do. You need to do a lot better than what we are. You can be a, a you know a top five team, but you're happy with being average. And that's what I think a lot of these players are, are doing. I think some of these players like Claypool, and sometimes the running backs or even the O line, they're just happy competing and doing their best. You need that that XL and that drive to go one step further, two steps further. And we had that, and something happened about. In what a commenter, I think my name Tyler said, when AB left, these things started to fall down with 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 certain you know aspects of the game, and mm-hmm. we haven't been competitive really since 2016. It just hasn't happened, and that's now been about eight years, in my opinion. We've just been 50-50, and we have such great talent. That's the thing what really boggles my mind. We have such great talent. DJ, like you said, why is he getting targeted near the end of the game when he should be getting targeted at the start and getting um things moving and and just start to question the defense and we're just we're just so bland <laughs> well, well you know do you go after but do you go after someone like um kevin o'connell from the rams now rams are probably paying in the stack ton of money and you know finn in the live chat said that maybe they don't want to pay good teams but you know kevin o'connell there's a guy there that you know and some people might be going oh my god why are you saying that i'm using him as an example but he was a quarterback uh, you know, and he's been the OC for Washington um, in 2019. The OC, you know, with the Rams um, since then, he's done pretty well with the Rams since he's been there, you know, and and he, he's a younger coach and maybe he wants to, you know, he's been there with, a, as I say, offensive coordinator. Maybe he wants to go in and work with someone, you know, obviously Sean McVay at the Rams is someone uh, that, you know, will really dominate in terms of what he wants to do on offense. But you look at the offense that he's done here, you know, was averaging, um, it was pretty poor when it was at Washington, but that was the situation there. But in, you know, 2020 with, with the Rams, um, number one um, in yard differential, you know, top 10 in most, um, most different aspects of the thing. I'm just saying, throwing him as a name out, you need to go, but I think you need to go get someone that is in the NFL, don't look in the, at the college game. We need an experienced NFL offense. Now, I was born someone younger there because I think that we do need to get a bit younger in the way our philosophy is on a lot of things. But then go find someone else experienced. Like, you know, I, I originally would have thought, do you go look get like a Matt Nagy? But the problem with the Matt Nagy is I think he did awful with Justin Fields. And, and we, as I said, we need someone that is going to get this quarterback relationship right because that is vital. Absolutely. I want some. I want someone that can scare the defense. That that the defensive uh, coordinator for the other team goes. Oh man, how are we going to stop this offense today? Hundred percent. I want them to, They can't just be reliant on a bunch of pre-snap motion. Some of those motions didn't even work. I feel they didn't even work. Like like you look at the motions, they're just going through the motion, and then nothing happened. Um, but the check down. It's like the classic is- saying though. Like all that pre-snap motion was like all sauce, no sizzle. <laughs> nothing happened a lot of times nothing happened out of it and the defense was just like sitting back going okay you want to do that and then the play happens and the next minute's a two-yard loss they, they they need a bit of a shake-up I'll, I'll, I'll ask you this question there. i was going to answer my own question who needs to be shaken <laughs> up who needs to be shaken up more the offensive coordinator if he if he, if he gets done or a defensive co- uh, coordinator in what in what way though because obviously we're going to get the change with key well, who, who needs to like who needs to improve 10 times better on the, the uh, defense? The offense, without a doubt. Okay, right. Okay. 
So yeah, we definitely need someone like that. The to defense come in can't stay on the field. That if you want a defense, it's going to be like top five or ten in the league. You can't have them on the field for that long. You're asking the impossible. <laughs> we we will burn, but we will burn TJ Watt out. We'll burn TJ Watt. Out. <laughs> I was just going to say, imagine if, like, the defensive coordinator just had, like, his notes were just, like, TJ. Just um, put TJ on the field and I think you win. <laughs> you know, that's all he had was for a play call was just blitz him 90% of the time and I think you win the game. But that's, that's why it frustrates me. 22 and a half sacks. He should have got the, the record. He will win defensive player of the year. And we're in the same position because the offense can't move the football. And Najee will be – I've got a prediction – Hot take in January. I think Najee will be the leading rusher next year if we, if we can get the own line going. I, I think he can. I think he'll be two. I think he'll be second. Ooh, I think two. it's going to be hard to be ahead of Jonathan Taylor if Jonathan Taylor. You reckon he can back it up, though? You think, you think uh, John yeah, Taylor can that back it up? Line. Mate, I, when I was watching him a couple of weeks ago and he did the 56-yard run off the first play of the game and they were missing three of their starting O-line, then I'm like, jeez, like, you know. I just think Najee has all. He's the, also a bit uh, different. He's also it's a bit different to Najee because uh, Taylor, I would say, is capable of breaking a longer run, and that helps you with the overall yardage. I think I think Najee could have more TDs, but I think it's going to be harder for Najee to have the yardage side of things. Um, you know, uh, uh, look as I said, and, and I want to go back to the Kevin O'Connell thing. That was just an example. I've not really looked at him, you know, much at all. But I just know that he's a, he's a good example of a young guy that you might want to bring in, but. As I say, they, they've got to do something here. Um, the, the problem is, is that they don't want to, and, and I, this is where I go back to what Dave says, and I agree with it. You know, you don't want to change for change's sake. Too much change creates too many variables, and it's hard to get better when you're trying to, you know, introduce people and bring people along and, and change everything up all the time. Also, the players, like they, ha- they said a lot, something's changed. They had to learn new terminology. How many times, to- you, you can't be giving, you know, players and you playbook every year new terminology every year because they're going to take six to eight weeks to learn that that's the reality of it like um yeah so we need to be really strict they need to be very astute and strategic astute i love that word and uh shannon's been using it and i agree but yeah they have to be very astute and strategic in what they do um you know to be able to from the coaching side of things heading into this next season and i saw it in the live chat I 100% think that they're a playoff team next year. But I, I, I'm i yet to be proven whether there is someone that's going to do anything in the playoffs. They'll be a better team than they were this year. That's that's the big question. I think they're actually a better team than they were last year too. That's what it, it pains yeah. me to say with, with all the, you know, uh, Najee and, and Muth and some of the, the fellas, the receivers. Uh, we just need to be better. And it just it's just it's such a bland, bland offense. And even Rhino Tool says here, and I agree with him 100%. You need someone who has a threat of a run, at least. At least. A pocket QB. Well, so, yeah, just me. And just me had asked, hey, fam, do you want to stay with a pocket QB or do we need to move to mobile QB? This is the question. Like, I think, you know, as Tomlin said, mobility is big, right? But when you've got Najee Harris, you're going to run the ball a certain amount of the time anyway. I want someone that's capable of doing play action. If you're, there's no point having Najee Harris if you, like you're not going to have the threat of play action as well. Like, and I know Ben moved away from that, so that's got to come back. When you talk about a pocket QB that can run, you know there are some quarterbacks in this in this draft class, and this is where you know I'm also a bit sick, Mark, of people saying, "Oh, this is a bad quarterback class." Apart from Trevor Lawrence and Trey Lance, and Trey Lance, it was all about potential. They pretty much said the same thing last year. 
and look at what like people rubbished Mac Jones. I'm going to what um, he did this year, right? So I'm I'm parking the this is a crap quarterback class thing because you don't know until they enter the league. Like I actually don't care, right? Who, who- Who's the guy that does all the mock drafts? Mel Kuyper? I'm going to wait for Mel Kuyper's 27th mock draft to reform my opinion. All right? Yeah. <laughs> We're not even in the draft process yet. We haven't had the senior bowl. We haven't had any of the combine. Things are going to change. And then, you know, I was listening to Move the Sticks yesterday, Daniel Jeremiah, Bucky Brooks. They were talking about it. Like, there's also a lot of GM and coaching changes to happen. That's going to completely flip a lot of draft picks on their heads because there's going to be different philosophies, different focuses, all the rest of it. So, anyway, putting that to one side, but you talk about pocket QBs, a guy that I'm really high on who might even be there in the second round is Carson Strong. He's definitely more of a pocket passer. He can move his feet. I think he definitely needs to put on 15 to 20 pounds if he's going to play in the NFL, um, you know, and be able to take some hits. But I love what he does, and I love that he's accurate downfield. And I see a lot of his throws, and I think, wow, wouldn't he be great with Najee Harris? He's not Lamar Jackson by any stretch of imagination. I think his throwing footwork needs a little bit of work from what I've personally, what I've seen, but I have seen him move in the pocket and I think he moves really well in the pocket and he can run if he needs to. But if you don't fix this O-line, it doesn't matter whether you like, look at, we talk about, we talked about this in previewing the Chiefs game. Patrick Mahomes ran around for 494 yards in the Super Bowl and his team got thrashed. It doesn't matter how mobile you are if your O-line isn't going to give you the time and space to throw the football. Yeah. Hey, uh, Matty, I, I got another question. Sorry, you, I'm getting on rants today. On my- <laughs> I got another question for you. Uh, will it be two options? Will it be weird or exciting to see another QB behind center rather than Big Ben? I think it'd be weird at the start, but I'm actually excited by it. Like, mm, you know, I'm excited by it. Uh, we talked about this a little bit during the Brown. I think it was relating to when we were proving the Browns. You hear a lot of the other BTSC guys talk about Big Ben and they were in college and they, you know, they were getting married and all the rest of it when Big Ben started out and now they have teenage kids, right? You and I, you know, and then some of them were the 10 and 20 years difference between some of the guys across BTSC. But we kind of get to go on a ride and see, you know, who the next quarterback is going to be and, you know, get used to it. And then our kids are going to, you know, come along in the next decade or so. And they're going to be fans of, you know, hopefully we've got that, you know, franchise quarterback or like, a win, you know, a good quarterback, at least a solid one by then. And they're going to be on that ride as well. And we're going to be able to say, we saw them start out and do these different things. Yeah. And, and so I'm excited by it. And, you know, you life rolls on. There's going to be change. Change is the constant of life, right? We Ooh, had 18 geez. seasons. And the other thing, even if you had the best O-line in the league, you know, I think Ben Ben and this defense, Ben takes you to the AFC Championship game. Do you win a Super Bowl? I know you've got to be in the dance to win it, but maybe not, right? And like, like the classic saying goes, all good things come to an end at some point. Yeah, well, uh, who was it? Uh, who was that bloke from the Cowboys when he was talking about Romo? Uh, that's my quarterback. Who was that guy? I can't remember his name right now. Uh, oh, you guys, the live chat wouldn't know who it is. The the bloke who said that's my quarterback. Uh, I can't remember his True. name. But, um, it's just escaped the top of my head when he was talking about. Anyway, he's talking about Tony. I Romo. hate Romo. Can't say I hate him. I'm <laughs> sick of his commentary, uh, dude. Right. Uh, Terrell Owens. Terrell Owens. Oh, yeah. Yeah. When he's like, that's my quarterback. 
<laughs> I um, it's weird, man. It's a little bit weird because I think, yes, you and I are in a position now to talk about the Steelers, and we love it. Two blokes from Australia, but man, he's my quarterback. I've known him since 2004, and that's pretty much it. The whole time, 18 years of fandom, but I am excited at the same time to cheer a new bloke on. I'd be more excited actually if it was just a, a brand new quarterback and it was wasn't Mason. Uh, if it was Haskins, I'd be pretty excited to cheer him on. But like a new guy, if it was a rookie, I don't care. I'd be like, let's, let's see what he's see what he's got. I kind of want to see people are going to freak out about this. If we're not going to draft someone, and again, they're not going to be ready week one. And if we're not going to bring in like a Derek Carr or better, I kind of want to see what Mason does. Maybe Mason has learned a bit, you know, like, and he is, and he talked about different mentality. Big Ben talked about different mentality when you know you're the starter. He's been familiar with these guys. Jeffrey Benedict said some of Claypool's best games have been with Mason. Juju works with Mason. Um, you know, Deontay works with Mason. The only person that really doesn't work with Mason is Washington. Like, Mason, the other thing that I want to remind people of, which I found it so frustrating this week, you bash Mason Rudolph, right? When he was playing quarterback, apart putting all the, the helmet hits, the con- unfair concussion aside, who was Mason, who was Mason Rudolph's running back? Uh at the time, wasn't it Connor? Connor when he was fit and snell. Yeah, it's true. Even behind that O-line, right? Which was decent at pass pro. But Mason with Najee Harris? I like that a lot more, right? And Najee Harris not in his rookie year. An O-line that will be better than this year. An O-line that knows how to run the football. An O-line. You know, another thing that not a lot of people of O-line aren't talking about is the inside, you know, zone versus, you know, outside zone, you know, as well when the blocking. Um and there's issues there with, with Chris Morgan and what have you. I know just me, Mason, I, I, I agree. But Mason, with this defense is almost it, right? These wide receivers are good. Najee's in the top five. Freemuth's a top five tight end in this league with the right quarterback and the right blocking, right? You know, and Finn says Samuels. Yeah, Samuels in there, but, but Snell was in there too. Um, and all, all I'm saying is if you go run heavy, Mason almost got us, you know, I know I'm with Duck, but I tell you, I went to the Bills game that year. Duck was not, right? The games that he won, look at what the defense did. All I'm saying is Mason is capable of seven wins minimum in the team the way it's set up right now. And, you know, if he's improved a bit, maybe it's nine. It's not going to be worse than this year, right? That's that's all I'm saying. I, I... Unless he's regressed, but none of us know. We don't know none yet. None of us know. That's the thing. You know what? I, don't want, to, I want to say one thing because I know we have to cut the show soon, but I want to say one thing about Mason because we're going to talk about this the whole yeah. off season, right? He's 26 years old now. He's getting older. Uh, and when he starts to get older, he starts to play better, I think. You're not, not, yeah. not a young chap like 22, 23. Um, as you get older, and in every code, no matter what, you even see it with Cameron Haywood now. He's getting to be to be an old man at, at 32, and he's playing lights out. Give Mason a chance, and we will discuss it in more detail over the next few shows and next few weeks for sure. Who's going to be better, is it Mason or Haskins? But you can't just bash him right now when he hasn't uh, didn't even play this year. Really, play one game, one game. 
And I and, think Mason as well is a – I don't mean to interrupt, but, like, I think Mason is a swag player. Someone's brought up Gardner Minshew. But I think if Mason is the quarterback week on week and he can see he's got time, a bit of trust in him, a bit of time to, you know, develop and go through, I well, I don't know. I just – I don't think he's the – there are worse backups or there are worse quarterbacks entering the week. And I, I'd rather see Mason than have Baker Mayfield. That's all. 100%. You don't think there's fire under the, the Mason Rudolph tree? Dude, there's fire. I think he's, I think, you know, even in the exit interview, he's like, I think I'm ready to play now. Like, I, I deserve, yeah. now I have a shot. Like, imagine yeah. being a backup and knowing you cannot play starter. You just can't play because 100%. you know that, that Big Ben's got the job 100%. It does not matter. And you know, I've been in the work environment too. You know, you're better than someone else, but yet they still get the job over you. Just saying. Mate, I, I you you brought up a really good point. How many people in their professional lives have worked for a manager that's in a position where they're not going up, right? And you have to leave to go up elsewhere. Some people waited out. I literally uh, six years ago in this in this position, my boss would even say to me, "Are you ready to ta- you you are capable of doing my job?" There was no path for them to move. Had to move on, um, you know, and 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 move to a similar level, you know, and and what have you great great you know great boss for me get on really well really value it but at some point you need to be able to take your own your own step and uh look i think i think mason talked too long in that 17 uh minute you know uh interview that he did i think he said you know they doubled over on some things but just give the guy a shot like i liked what haskins had to say i'm less confident about haskins because I know Washington are a basket case of a, of a franchise, but the thing about Haskins for me is the, there's a lot of change that needs to happen. And if he if he was that good, why couldn't he have picked up Canada's offense and you know he can move around and stuff? Why couldn't he pick that up? And they would have they would have played him in 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 some games. Like I you know, when they took Ben off, maybe. I don't know whether... It was hard because there was games when you just were like, take Ben off, and they didn't because it was his last season. So, you know, um, it's it's a hard one. But also, I, I saw it... I, I don't know which show it came up on. I don't know if it was BTS or another show. I listened to, obviously, a lot of stuff. But someone said, is a rookie quarterback any ready to play for the Steelers than Rudolph? and learning the offense and being in the NFL. No, they're not, right? And this is the thing for me. If you like, I would like to see them draft a quarterback in the second round, I think, or move up back into the first. I think there's going to be guys there, right? But even if you do that, you're going to need to give that person six to eight weeks to learn the NFL offense, to go through the weeks where they're the starting quarterback, to do the Wednesdays, what have you, you know, if Mason has the old one-off or whatever it is. You're going to need them to give them time to get acclimated. If you bring in another veteran that's not like a Tyro Taylor, if you bring in Derek Carr, you're obviously not drafting the quarterback because there's no point in doing it. But I think Mason can get us halfway through the season if you had to before you bring in and start to work in a, in a rookie quarterback. And I also think there's something to be said with, yes, a lot of people love to see the red shirting of quarterbacks. Mahomes red shirted because Alex Smith was a quarterback. Mm-hmm. But there are other, you also need to see quarterbacks play, right? And I think Mason could be that person that's actually really helpful for the Steelers if they do want to go down the, the draft pick route and they do want to go down developing someone. So I, I just think the regard that the other thing is, is none of us really know. And I'm not sure that this, and people going about Steelers always having a plan. 
you know, I'm not sure, this is sure the Steelers know yet because do they know what they're doing with the offensive coordinator? No, they no, they don't. Do they know what which O-line men are going to be free or not? No, they don't. Do they know which people are going to be cut or not? There are a lot of cuts that are going to come for a lot of teams. I talk about this in cap room. That creates cap space. That means teams can go after and do different things. Also, look at the trades that happened last year right before the draft, you know, with between Miami and Philadelphia and the Giants and all the rest of it. If that happens again, it completely shakes up the draft order. You know, I saw a draft, a, a mock draft yesterday from um, Daniel Jeremiah, and he was talking about, you know, Thibodeau, who's a one or two pick in most people's mocks, falling all the way to six with the Jets. Because if you look at the different flow of what actually happens if GMs change it and stuff. You know, I saw Charlie, and he had Charlie Cross going to the Steelers. Some people have Charlie Cross in the top eight picks, right? I don't think he's worth a top eight pick. But if he fell to us, I'm like, maybe at time. Maddie. Maddie, Maddie, it's January. Exactly, but this is my point. So much has going to change. We have a long way to go on Steelers touchdown under. It's January. We still have the playoffs going on. Don't freak out anyone. It could be Rudolph, could be Haskins. We don't know yet. We've got so much to talk about in the future. We'll be right, mate. Be right. <laughs> yeah. But, that, but that's all I'm saying is there's so much change that can happen. And until draft night, first round actually kicks off. And even then, there can be there can be trades, right? I know. You, you, you just got to sit there and it doesn't matter whether the person works for NFL Network or whether with BTSC or there's some person on Twitter. I, I respect all the people that, you know, other, our other podcasters. I respect, you know, actual NFL journalists. None of us know until they call out the picks. None of us know. People can say, like I like to do a war room. I can say, this guy's a fit. If he is a fit, fine. I've got to put my money with my mouth and say there's a prediction, right? But you can say this person's a fit. We can say Case Keenum would be great. And still, whoever, Trey Lance, whoever it is. If they're not with the team, they're not with the team. We don't know until draft night. But I like, it's fun playing armchair. It's, it's fun playing oh, it's armchair the best. It's, it's, That's why we do the show. That's why we have so much fun on the show. It's, it's, we could talk forever, but uh, we, well, we could, but we do kind of need to wrap up the show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, classic. Mark, what do Steelers fans need to be thinking about this week? Uh, the Bengals need to lose, mate. That's all we've got to think about, all right? <laughs> the Bengals are up right now. I'm going to go watch the game. As, as, uh, I don't want them to win. I want the Bengals why? to lose. Because I hate them. Can't stand the Bengals. Uh, just got to be positive, man. It's a new year. Like no matter what happens, like I said, it's going to be weird with big without Big Ben, but it's going to be exciting for a new QB. And we're getting better. This team is getting better. We just the the guys got to yeah. fire up. That's all I need. I want them to fire up. Thanks, good fella. Thanks for joining. Uh, we love seeing you in the live chat. As always, we love seeing all of our regulars um, in the live chat. Uh, so yeah, we are. Uh, Rhino Tool says, don't wrap it up. Yeah, it's kind of like you want to do an encore, but we can't split the parts. Um, so, you know, Ryan, I would say follow Mark's um, Steel Nation Australia because Mark and I are trying to do, well, you know, it's Mark's channel, but Mark's having me on a little bit here and here and there um, as well. Um, and, there, you know, there's some things I'm looking at as we go through this draft process as well um, in terms of some content stuff. So stay tuned on that. Um, but it's definitely these shows go so quickly each week um, for us, like, and it's a very quick hour and, and a bit. Um, we love doing them. 
Um, you guys make it what it is, um, particularly, you know, our regulars and on the audio side too, you know, we, we often, you know, are very live chat driven in this show, but there's an audio following that we have that have been with us since day one. Um, and so, you know, if you ever miss our shows or, you know, you've got a conflict, we, we appreciate Saturday evenings in the U S that we go live, do download us and listen on the audio side of things. Same with all the BTSC shows. Um, but yeah, we really appreciate it. And yeah, just have fun. Take it in the stride with this off-season. There's a lot to go under the bridge, water to go under the bridge. And, you know, my recommendation would be as well, if you're going to look at different players in the draft, move outside your Alabamas and your Georgias and your, you know, Texas A&Ms and your Clemsons and all that. And have a look at the smaller schools because the Steelers always draft someone from some of the smaller schools or conferences. And that's really fun, like an Alex Highsmith from a Charlotte Kendrick Green from an Illinois, you know, even Loudermilk, Wisconsin haven't been that good, good a team. I like their inside linebacker for depth, um, Jack Sanborn, but who knows what he's, you know, who knows where he's going to be drafted. His stock's fallen in the last few years. Cincinnati have a lot of players outside of, um, you know, Mard Gardner and Kobe um, Bryant and, and Desmond Ritter. They've got some other players that are worth looking at, like Beavers, the linebacker. Uh, Utah are a team worth looking at. Um, I watched a bit of Wake Forest this year. I found myself enjoying some of their players. They have a great, great wide receiver that I like who might go undrafted, might go seven, six round in Jakari Roberson. I love what he does. I think he'd be a great fit for us. Um, you know, Finn brings up Keontae Johnson was a nobody. That's right. So I just really think, um, you know, you just need to, they just need to have a look at some of the, some of the other players that you're not necessarily seeing in the bowl games all the time. Have a look at the other colleges because there's some interesting things to pull out from them. But with that, that's this week's Steelers. Touch down under. As always, Go Mark. Steelers. Oh, no, I jumped the gun there. Sorry, my bad, my well, bad. Almost because I was about to cough. Mid, mid, mid. All right. <laughs> one more time, one more time. You, you start from the top. Oh, geez, we're finishing like Matt Canada does. That's it for this week on Steelers. Touch down under. As always, go mate. Steelers. Oh, we did it again, mate. It must be the lag. <laughs> <laughs> All that's right, it. that's it. That's They're, the They're not here in the third time. I need to cough. That's it. <laughs>